We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Thursday, the 23rd day of June, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? It's good to see you. Hey, I'm healthy and alive. I'm distracted with all the um, wonderful new laws that we have passing and the new uh, things coming down the Biden administration. It's It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I would say that it has. Um, you're speaking specifically on the red flag laws, yes? The the red flag gun laws or whatever it is that they're they're trying to do? Yeah, that's 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 part of it. And we've also had some stuff come down from uh, the Biden administration's uh, misuse of funds with, um, well, not just misuse, but misuse. lying to us. Misuse? Yeah, well, they don't misuse they, they funds. Said, no, but they, they said they stopped um, sending money to EcoHealth Alliance back in 2018. And they said they stopped um, or, or they didn't send any money to. Eco Health Alliance, and they did not send any money to the Wuhan um, Institute of Virology. No, no. But uh, it, it it came out that they sent four point two million since they've said that. So. Oh well, we're going to need more money. You see, because there's other things that are afoot, my friend. We need more money. We we've got to have more money. He said it himself. Listen. At least this year, we, we do need more money, but we don't just need more money for vaccines for children eventually. We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. There's going to be another pandemic. Oh. We have to think ahead. I and see. that's not something the last outfit did very well. That's something we've been doing for fairly well. That's why we need the money. Thank you all. Okay, so you see, that's why they need the money, because we're, we're going to have another pandemic. So they need the money and they need it now. The first time I heard that clip, I, the, the last part there, the last outfit didn't do pretty well. That, I, I think, broke up a little bit or something because I heard the last outfit did pretty well. And I was like, wait a minute, why are you praising Trump's administration? That is completely out of character. So I'm glad to hear that it wasn't the case and they're actually saying that Trump was the problem. That's, that's good to know. Um, yeah, we, we do actually have two brewing new pandemics. Um, you've got uh, monkeypox, which is um, uh, the UK is offering vaccinations to the uh, gay and bisexual community. Are they uh, really? For, uh, for that. Yeah, that specifically those groups. Um, I didn't know yeah. that they started that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I believe it's actually a smallpox vaccine, but the smallpox vaccine actually works against monkeypox. Uh, and then you had uh, Interesting. polio show up. In the UK Interesting, because well. I talked to GP. Let's uh, first first point. I, I talked to GP about two weeks ago. I need to call him again, and I asked him about that specifically. This is when the first cases of monkeypox started to come out, and they were starting to hype it. I said this monkeypox thing, and he's he's very familiar with it. He's dealt with the vaccines for it and everything else uh, behind the scenes, so he's very familiar with it. Uh, he's also familiar with smallpox uh, and the uh, the methods to treat smallpox, and I believe. 
I could be mistaken. I'll have to call him again and I'll have to double check this. But I believe that he told me that a smallpox vaccine and a monkeypox vaccine were two very different things. And that that's very possible for the monkeypox. Um, it might be this new variant of monkeypox that's going around. Uh, maybe that one is treatable by the smallpox vaccine versus the one that traditionally goes around, which is much harder to transmit. I don't know. That definitely will be. Uh, we'll ha- we'll have to double check and look into that because um, it it I I might have my facts wrong there. Which uh, in my defense, that's what news is reporting on. The mainstream is reporting on. So interesting. So we're going to have another pandemic. You said polio as well. That's going to be the new thing, mm-hmm. right? We're going to have a new polio uh, outbreak, uh, apparently, or it's already happening. Uh, I read this this morning. Uh, polio virus detected in London sewage samples. The virus which causes polio has been, te- been detected in, in, uh, in a concerning number of sewage samples in London. Health officials have said Children are routinely vaccinated against polio, but now they say that the uptake is, well, it's lower than usual. So we're going to have to get everybody uh, uh, in line. Uh, we're we're going to have to get all the kids in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and give them a shot now. There was an interesting, uh, interesting thing about, uh, uh, I believe Ned was talking about it, but we've talked about it before as well with our concerns uh, looking at papers and everything. Um what the side effects were for getting boosted and and just getting the vaccine in general. Um, And in fact, uh, it it was uh, Dr. Malone that was talking about this. Um, When you get, I even think he talked about it, if I remember right, he was talking about it on Joe Rogan even. So this has been a while, uh, talking about how when you get vaccinated uh, and then you get boosted, the efficacy goes into the negative and makes you more vulnerable to COVID. Well, there's been research now lately that has shown that it actually causes your T-cells to basically go into hibernation, essentially. And it makes you vulnerable to a lot of things, Um, basically everything that the T-cell would attack. um, It makes you more vulnerable to everything. So even if you're vaccinated against polio and you've been triple boosted or whatever, uh, that vaccine may have no effect for X amount of time. We don't know how long that hibernation lasts in the T cells and maybe six months. It, it may be the rest of your life. It could be just a couple of weeks. We don't know. It varies by person, but the, the, the reports I was seeing, it was uh, six months that it could, it could deteriorate your immune system and then um, it'll, it'll repair itself over time. But um, that's concerning. You know, I remember Fauci when he was being questioned. This is when you and I were watching him at his home and he had the candles and the glazed plates on the wall behind him of himself, I might add. He actually said at the time when he was being questioned by Senator Rand Paul about a vaccine, this is before we had a vaccine. This is when Trump was still in office and they were doing the Operation Warp Speed. And no matter what happened, no one was to take the vaccine because it was from Trump and Orange Man bad. And uh, no, it's it's not it's not good. And we need to know what's in it. And and we're not going to we're not going to take anything from from Donald Trump's vaccine and blah, blah, blah. Right. That was what was going on at the time. That was the agenda at the time. Then everything flipped after the 2020 election. But at the time, I remember specifically and I'm sorry, I don't have the clip anymore. I wish I did. But at the time, Fauci said, I remember him specifically saying this. Of course, I don't know whether it matters that we're even discussing what I'm about to say, but, you know, because he's flip flop so much. But he said at the time, he says, well, look, uh, if you take a vaccine against this particular uh, disease that we're seeing, which was COVID-19 at the time, he said, what you risk is you risk enhancing the negative effects of the virus itself. So right there, 
right there, he was telling people what was going to happen. But after the election, the agenda flipped. Then it was, oh my God, we've got to get everybody vaccinated. We've got to vaccinate the world. You're selfish if you don't do it. And then they started with the whole blame game and everything else. Now we've gotten so far with it. The CEO of Pfizer, Albert Borla, you know, this is the guy that, that said that uh, people that promote vaccine disinformation, well, they're criminals, really. They should be arrested. They're, they're criminals. Um, he sat on the stage with Klaus Schwab and, uh, and Bill Gates at the World Economic Forum in Davos this year and talked about how, oh, you know, all, this, all these people with all these disinformation tactics that they've thrown out there. Um, okay, well, let's take a look at just the VAERS report in America. We can look at all the other countries, but let's look at just the VAERS report in America, okay? In any other year other than the last few, if you have 50 deaths from a vaccine, no matter what it is, whether it's a vaccine that's approved or if it's a vaccine that's in clinical trials, if you have 50 deaths, everything is stopped. Everything is shut down. Nothing else is to move, even though those companies had liability protection. Well, when you have emergency use authorization, you have no liability protection at all. Of course, you're missing a little key point in there, which is called informed consent, because you're not exactly telling people that what they're taking is experimental. Instead, you play these nifty little word games on mainstream media for all the people that you sponsor up there from all those networks and say, well, look, you know, it's approved. Is it? No, I don't think so. There's never been a COVID vaccine that's been approved in the United States. Not to mention, and I, I love the ones that always come back at me and say, oh, the Pfizer one's approved. No, it's not. No, it's not. What they did is they approved a vaccine called Comirnaty, which is made by Pfizer, that is to be used outside of the United States. So there hasn't been full approval. And quite frankly, I don't see how they ever could. In fact, you had two of the people that were at the head of the vaccine approval side of the FDA resigned when they tried to push approval. The CEO of Pfizer, Albert Borla, on MSNBC. Uh, your company, with your partner BioNTech and Moderna, the other company, have both uh, pioneered the use of messenger RNA, which can easily be reprogrammed every time the spike protein of a coronavirus uh, evolves or changes. Do you think we're going to get updated mRNA vaccines every season that will be directed to each new variation of the coronavirus? And will we have to take those shots every year? I'm almost certain about it. And I say almost certain because, of course, regulators have the final say in all of that. But that's the beauty of mRNA. You can adapt your vaccine just by changing the sequencing, which is a very minor change, either manufacturing or in the properties of the vaccine safety or efficacy, but can make a huge difference in the way that responds to the virus. So for this reason, I'm very confident that we will be able to respond very, very fast to every new variant. So you see, we're not going to get a booster anymore. Now we're just going to get updated. It's almost like it's an operating system, like Microsoft Windows, for example. It's almost like they're they're looking at, at human beings as software that they can upgrade. They can tweak. They can change. Oh, sorry, that one, uh, that one didn't quite work. Oh, we lost that one. Oh, well, I guess we're going to have to push a hotfix for that, which that's a quick patch for anybody that is familiar with the software world. Oh, we're just going to have to, we're going to have to push that one out. Oh, sorry. We didn't mean to cause that outbreak of that other thing. So um, you're going to have to go back down uh, for your vaccine appointment to, to get this next one because you, we need to patch you up for that one. Uh, and then get ready for the big update that's coming next month. That kind of thing. Is what Dr. Yaden said, is that accurate? 
in that scenario? Oh, yes, it is. You will get a notification that pops up on your phone that you are to go down to the nearest vaccination center if it doesn't already make your appointment for you and say you're to go down to this center. You're to get your top up vaccine. You're to get your update. Excuse me. You're to get your update or you're turned off from society. You're persona non grata to everyone else. And anybody that associates with you is turned off as well until you go and do what you're told. Do do you see the dangers of this? You won't have to worry about carrying a smartphone with you, though. It'll be your implant that they they, uh, require you for, you know, your health care and everything. That will notify you. And you'll you'll get a little pop up in your retinal lens that shows you, um, you know, it's time for your new vaccination. Um, I want to do a quick... um, correction here. Um, I did say that um, there was $4.2 million that were given to EcoHealth Alliance. It was 2018 when they um, stopped funding them. In 2020... they They didn't stop. They just paused it. Yeah, they paused it. In 2020, uh, the NIH terminated a grant because the EcoHealth Alliance failed to comply with the timely submission of a uh, research progress report. Um, since then, 18 months later, uh, they gave 2.2, uh, 4.2 million in funding to four different projects. And the, the eco health Alliance was working on. So that was for four projects. So, you know, a little over a million a piece, uh, and that would put it at what October ish. Yeah. October ish of last year. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. You got anything else on COVID? Anything else on the pandemics? Anything else on any of the uh, the funding and the, the agenda and everything? I mean, we, we know that this, this winter, they're going to start spinning it back up. Uh, and they're already starting. Uh, for example, in the country of Wales, which is in the United Kingdom, in the country of Wales, as of today, their health authorities have re-implemented the mask mandates in certain places. They're already starting to spin it back up. At this point, we've covered covid so much and it's been kind of we we did a lot during covid and covering all of this you you all have heard our points on it when it comes to uh, if you've been a listener and as you just mentioned this is going to be one of the mechanisms they used for or they're going to use for um pushing a uh, health pass or a health tracking system that will be on your smartphone at first uh but it will advance to an implantable uh for your convenience of course at this point, if you're not awake and seeing what's going on, there's nothing more we can add to it. There's nothing more. I mean, how many times does Fauci have to lie to you? How many times does DARPA, the NIH, how many times does any 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 branch of the government have to lie to you before you wake up and realize you're being lied to? So no, there's not really anything else I can add to that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's move on. Bruce, you like food? Yeah, I mean, well enough. Sure. Do you eat I'm- Kellogg's products? <laughs> It might surprise you. I'm not one of those that are like, go out and like, I eat food because it's sustenance. And oh, if it tastes good, I got that's a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Um, Kellogg's. I'm sure you're familiar with the company Kellogg's. Yeah. Kellogg's, you know, Frosty sure. Flakes yeah. and or Frosties, whatever you call them outside of the US, uh, among many other things. Corn Flakes. Everybody knows Corn Flakes, you know, that kind of stuff. Kellogg's, they're going to break up into three separate companies. Well, gee, why would they do that? That's one of the big Fortune 500s. Why, why would they do that? I mean, they've got market shares in pretty much pretty much every country in the world. Why would they do that? Huh. Well, let's see. They announced their plans to split up into three separate companies by spinning off its North American cereal and plant-based businesses in hopes of enhancing performance and value. Tell me if you don't smell the World Economic Forum in any of this. Uh, the company said in a statement on Tuesday that... Um, 
It will split into three independent public companies. Quote, each will be better positioned to unlock their full standalone potential. While the names of the new companies are to be determined later, the placeholders at the moment will be Global Snacking Company, North American Cereal Company, and get this one, Plant Company. Uh, plant Company. Yeah, it's got a nice ring to it, huh? They put a lot of thought into that. Millions and millions and millions of dollars that they have in their marketing and advertising departments. And that's the best they can come up with. Plant Company. Seriously? They, they, they should have done an internet poll or something, and the internet would have come up with something better than that. Uh, that, that is... <sighs> like the first two but... I get. Global Snacking, I get. North American Cereal Company, I, I understand that. That that has like a uh, like a 1930s ring to it or, or something. But yeah, but plant it, it feels company. like... It feels, I mean, I guess plant company makes sense in the fact that you're going to have only plant-based products. So, I mean, I guess for branding purposes, it would be easy. But the the, the thing that bugs me about it and it, the names kind of, uh, it feels like the some of the older in times Christian movies that basically North America is turned into the North American territory. It's no longer the United States and Canada and Mexico. It is now the North American territory, and that's kind of what it feels like they're they're kind of pushing towards, well, ironically enough. We know that they wanted to create a North American Union uh, under George Bush. They tried to do that 20 years ago, and it didn't quite fly. And they also wanted to replace our currency as well. See, NAFTA, if you remember NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, which basically just you did what the European Union did with the trade agreement in the beginning. You just knocked down the trade barriers between the nations, and then you made each nation dependent on each other. They tried to do the same thing with the United States, Canada, and Mexico. They were going to turn us into a North American Union. After 10 years of Clinton, they were to complete that. At the same time, the Bush administration was supposed to pave the way for the deindustrialization, while at the same time spinning up a replacement economy, which was the military-industrial complex. We were shipping our manufacturing out of the country. We were hiring and promoting the military-industrial complex as a replacement. At the same time, we're going to an endless war in another part of the world while we're building up China unknowingly, deindustrializing ourselves, and we're having heroin dumped on our shores. All the time, we were supposed to have our currency replaced as well. Does anybody remember something called the Amero? You know, the euro currency? You know, they lost all their currencies over here. It was supposed to be the same in the United States. We were supposed to have a common currency of the United States, Canada, and Mexico. But that didn't happen. So anyway, back to Kellogg's. These businesses will all have significant standalone potential, and an enhanced focus will enable them to better direct their resources toward their distinct strategic priorities. In turn, see if you can catch, see if you can pick up on any of this. In turn, each business is expected to create more value for all stakeholders... And each is well positioned to build a new era of innovation and growth. Well, that sounds great, doesn't it? Uh, the plant-based firm uh, will, yeah, well, one's going to be a, a solely a plant-based firm. Uh, let me see. The global snack, let's look at it. The global snacking firm with an estimated $11.4 billion in net sales will focus on snacking, international cereal and noodles, as well as North American frozen breakfast products. The North American cereal company will have around $2.4 billion in net sales, will concentrate on cereal products for the United States, Canada, and the Caribbean market. The plant-based firm, with an estimated net sales of $340 million, odd, that seems like it's supposed to be at their forefront, but yet it's not very profitable, huh? Will be a 
pure play plant-based food company aiming to seize on a strong long-term category prospect in the market for such products as egg and dairy alternatives and plant-based meat. Boy, oh boy. Who do we know that has a giant market share in plant-based meat? Huh. Boy, there's only one person that comes to mind when I think about that. Well, by God, it's Bill Gates. He seems to be the only one. Do you think that it's entirely possible that he could capitalize off of a off of a company doing a three-way split like this? I'm I'm not sure. Huh. Or could be possible that he could could have just attended a meeting and said, you know, it might be beneficial if you you ever think about splitting into three companies, maybe, you know, doing specifically a a plant-based thing. I mean, you know, if I'm a venture capitalist like him, that's certainly what I would do. Uh, or I would have people on the board that I have some sway with or that I would have like a business lunch with or something. Maybe just mention that in passing or something. Might be something to do. Of course, that's also illegal, but, you know, and I'm sure he wouldn't do anything that's illegal. Of course not. No. Speaking of Bill Gates, there's a reason I mentioned him because of this. He is the number one holder, uh, excuse me, private holder of farmland in America. Of course, all the fact checkers will tell you that's bull, but no, no, he's he's actually the one that has the largest amount of farmland, single-handedly, I might add. Um, and he just happens to have all these different investments in plant-based companies and plant-based food products. And he was actually asked about this. Uh, I saw an interview a couple of weeks ago. He was asked about this on stage uh, about the uh, the plant-based meats. And he says, you know, I, I have uh, I have some companies and, uh, you know, they're they're going to do well. They're not doing very well right now, but they're going to. Well, that's easy enough for you to say if you shut down all of your competition. The attorney general of the state of North Dakota has intervened after Bill Gates buys a massive amount of farmland in the state. Uh, The office of the attorney general of North Dakota sent a letter Tuesday asking the Red River Trust, a group with ties to Bill Gates, to prove the company's use of land does not violate the state's corporate farming laws. The trust had acquired six parcels of land in... Pambina uh, Pambina County. The agricultural commissioner said, I've gotten a big earful from this clear across the state, and it's not even from the neighborhood. So apparently somebody doesn't like it. The letter stipulated that under North Dakota law that there are certain limitations on the ability of trusts to own farmland and ranch land. This is kind of what we had the Sherman Antitrust Act for because they were buying up critical infrastructure. Bill Gates acquired six plots or six parcels of land in uh, Pembina County on Tuesday. The attorney, the office of the attorney general sent out a letter asking the Red River Trust to confirm how the company plans to use the land and if it meets any of the expectations to the North Dakota corporate farming laws. Uh, the corporate or liability uh, or limited liability company farming law has certain exceptions, such as permitting registered family farms or allowing the use of land for business purposes. According to the letter, corporations that are in violation of this law will have a year to divest themselves of the land and are subject to a civil fine of $100,000. The letter went on to state that our office needs to confirm how your company uses this land and whether this use meets any of the statutory expectations, such as business purpose expectations, so that we may close this case and file it in our inactive files. As of January of 2021... As I said, this is according though to the, to the Daily Mail. Bill Gates is the largest owner of farmland in the United States, owning 242,000 acres across 18 states. I would call that a little bit of a problem. I know that you we were talking about this a little bit in prep and I know that you say you disagree on that, but uh, to to your point, go go ahead. The the only point that I have that like I disagree with is having the AG jump in and say 
you know, barring someone from being able to buy land, unless there's some kind of like actual legal proceeding that says you cannot buy land here. I feel like it's it's um, it, it's out of their power to, to, to bar like they don't have the authority to bar someone from buying property. Um, that that's all my my issue with it is um, if if they can. I don't want to go about doing things outside of the law, because then that's no different than what the Democrats are doing at this point. At the same time, and, and I understand your standpoint on, on the legal aspect of things, I, I get it. But we know what the game is here. The game here is to go in, buy up all the farmland so you can't farm on it. You can't have the family farms on it, just like all these hedge funds are doing. And at the same time, they're going to replace everything in the food market. They're going to give us all kinds of, uh, you know, like the cricket bread and the um, uh, the, the bugs and, and the uh, the insect butter and the plastic stuff and, and all this stuff. They're going to alter the human diet. We know what the game is here. And they're going to alter it to a point where it's unrecognizable and people are just going to be, uh, well, they're, they're just going to be sick and unhealthy. So your choice is disappearing. The, the free market of choice is disappearing. So how do you have the free market of choice, how do you have the health choice that you yourself make when you have individuals like this that want you sick from eating the food that they make at the same time on the back end, they're manufacturing and promoting deadly vaccines that they're going to give you in order to, quote, fix that problem to keep you updated so you can deal with whatever toxic waste you're putting into your body to begin with. So in that, so basically the AG doesn't have to, the AG shouldn't have to to bar him from buying farmland. It should have already been that they investigated these vaccines and the, the malpractice that's been involved. And everyone that's been in, that's involved in this should have been tried. And, uh, you know, there should have been justice for all of this already. So you wouldn't have the problem of Bill Gates going in and buying up a bunch of farmland because he would have been one of the ones arrested. So uh, if we would uphold the laws that we have in place, um, this wouldn't be a problem. Uh, so I, I guess in that sense, because the law is being it's not being upheld, maybe maybe there could be some kind of like legal proceeding they could push for that would. You know, they, they could do like um, you're temporarily banned because we're doing an investigation into you, your involvement with the vaccines that have killed millions. I mean, you know, maybe something like that if they would if they would take a, a greater stance than just, no, you can't buy land here. I, it just on the surface, it just it doesn't it doesn't look good. And even though I agree, I don't want I don't want him. <laughs> I don't want him going around and buying a farmland. I don't want any of those things. I agree. I, it's just it's. um. It's more about the imaging and the the, the political, the politicking, basically. I, 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 in my everyday life, I've tried to strive to avoid the, even the appearance of evil. So I, I, try to, I try to keep that standard even when you get into politicking. You, 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 you have to try to avoid the appearance of evil so that there's nothing, nobody can come at you and say, oh, you, you did this wrong and you, you know, and they can't go after you. You're the one that's on the offensive all the time. And everything that they throw at you on the defensive you know, to try to throw you onto the defensive, there's nothing there. It can't, they, they have no grounds. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So what do you do when the government then starts taking away? What do you do then? So if the government steps in and they make a ruling on something on a consumable product, what do you do then? If it's something that is, that is popular, albeit not as popular as it used to be, but if it's something that's popular and it's an addictive substance, let's say, and then the government steps in and says, you know, we're, we're just we're going to have to cut down on all this. Um, and it's for your safety. It's for your health, which in this case, I'm not going to argue, uh, but I'll get to that in a minute. Does the government have a right to step in from the governmental side of things? Does the government have a right to step in and 
take things away, a consumable product? I would say the state has that authority. Uh, I would say the federal government does not. Uh, when you look at the Constitution, it does, everything the, fe the federal powers are things that are explicitly listed. I mean, it's very clear what the powers of the federal government is. Um, illicit substances or addictive stu substances or any of that control and regulation is not given to the federal government. That is on the state. So if a state decides, yeah, okay, this substance is addictive, we don't want it here, uh, then that state can decide that. And then if another state decides that that same substance is not banned, then, you know, that that's their prerogative. But I don't believe the federal government has authority to do that. This one here kind of perplexes me. Like it's it's a it's a legit dichotomy to me because you have a, you have an administration in America now that promotes the degeneracy in society. They do. They want the drug use. My God, they've they've legalized uh, crack pipes, free crack pipes, and and needles. But this one this one shocked me a little bit. They, because they want people addicted to things. They, they're, they're doing their damnedest. And Soros has been funding states all across the U.S. to have marijuana legalized. The, mm -hmm. Biden, administ mm -hmm. the Biden administration is going after tobacco. They say they'll re uh, it'll require lower nicotine levels in cigarettes. Why would you want to... Uh, they're doing this in a bid to get people off of it. I, but I don't understand. This is an administration that's trying to get everybody addicted to every bad habit. So maybe... I don't understand. Let this. me let me tinfoil hat time. We'll, yeah, we'll okay. put that on a minute. All right. Uh, do you know what the benefits of tobacco are? The good side of things. When you when you take out the the addictive part, it actually sharpens your mind. It does also increase your heart rate, and it, it can damage uh, you know your lungs and heart. But it it, it increases your uh, basically it helps with concentration and clarity of mind. The nicotine is the addictive part, along with the sugars that they put in into uh, tobacco as well. But the, the nicotine now, is an insecticide though, right? It's not natural to the tobacco plant. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not naturally occurring. They put that in for addiction, the same with sugar. They yeah. put it in to get you more addicted to it. Right. The, the, the thing is though, uh, again, tobacco helps clarify it helps clear. It helps focuses. It makes you, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's a good, it has a positive. Marijuana, on the other hand, does that clarify your mind? Does that make you think clearer? What about crack, heroin, any of those? Do, do they clarify your mind and help you think clearer? Um, I, I, think that's, I think that's where the key is. Personally, from a conspiratorial level, um, tobacco is the big boy on the block, but there's actual like benefits to it that can help clarify your mind. Whereas all the other ones that they're trying to pass destroy your life. It's an interesting concept. I, I understand where you're coming from on it, but but I, I, I still don't see the relevance. You want people to be more addicted to the substance though, right? But they're removing the addiction. So therefore, if you remove, well, they're not removing it, but they're lowering the level of it, or so they say. But if that's the case, then less people are, are going to use it? Or do, do you want more people to use it? Like, mm. I don't understand what they're what they're going for here. I could go two different directions with that. One direction you could say, well, they're going to have to buy more to get their high and then they're going to expend more money. So you're going to be more complicit. You're going to be more willing to, um, you know, try to find means. But then the other argument is, well, if they're not finding their high in that, maybe they'll try to move to something more accessible, cheaper, less regulated, uh, like, well, it's not necessarily less regulated, but we'll, we'll say cheaper and easier to get high on. Uh, and maybe they'll go to uh, marijuana or, or something like that. Maybe maybe their intention is to to curb them off of that into something else that is that just stupefies you and 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 makes you more complicit. Whereas cigarettes don't 
typically make you more complicit. Even if you have an addiction to it, you're not going to be more complicit to it. It depends. Oh, I guess it really depends on how the, the person and the personality, because some people get really heavy addictions to it and other people that like I, I know people that just quit cold turkey and haven't gone back to them since. So it, it it's really varies. So I, I, I that it it's perplexing. I agree. But at the same time, if you put the tinfoil hat on and you go from that perspective, I think it makes sense uh, from a tinfoil hat. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll go with that for the moment because I, I'm not quite sure where they're going with that. But the FDA, in an attempt to, I guess, curb things, a lot of people have switched to this, this vaping thing. The FDA is looking to ban uh, e-cigarettes in the U.S. That's been quite a big business the last 10 years or so. I mean, they've, they've really taken off. I don't particularly care for the uh, for the e-cigarette things. I, I think that, uh, well, or, or smoking in general, but uh, I think the e-cigarette things, I think in my humble opinion, I think that they're even worse. And the reason I say they're even worse is because, well, you can do quite a few things with them. First of all, it's easier to get the kids involved, right? Because we didn't have age restrictions on them for the longest time. So now you got kids smoking the damn things. Second, you can buy the, uh, uh, what is it, like the, the CBDs and the THC additives, and you can literally sit there and get loaded on an airplane or, or, or something in it, it, whatever, whatever, wherever you can smoke these things or in a restaurant or whatever. It's yeah, that bad. hand, you're going to get yeah, high as well. I know. There was somebody that was walking in front of me, and, and I was a good, I want to say I was a good maybe 30 to 40 feet behind this person. You know, the young, stupid kid, skinny jeans, iPhone sticking out of the back mm-hmm. pocket kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. And he's puffing on one of these things. And I can I know damn well what he had in it. I could smell it. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I could smell it was a, it was a vape one, but I could smell that it was yeah. weed. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And this th- this is now like somehow or another, th- this is this has become the, the latest fad and this is legal. And then on top of that, the chemicals that are in there. When I smell some of these things and I walk past, you know, people sitting on a, like a park bench or something puffing away on one of these things. When I smell that stuff, do you know what that smells like? There was a polymer plant that was just down the road from my hometown where I grew up. And every time you drove past there, you had to hold your nose because just the the, the burn off of the chemicals and the polymers that they were fusing in that place was just so awful. I mean, it was, it was just God awful. That's exactly yeah. what it smells like. That can't be good going into your body. It just can't be. I refuse to believe that that's a safer alternative. We, we've, we've talked about as well the um, the one the THC the CBD all those they were the CBD ones had an additive in there I believe it was vitamin E if I remember right and it's a fatty acid and your lungs pneumonia, it would go yeah. into your lungs yeah and you you your body couldn't break it down and so it would cause yeah lipoid pneumonia uh, or popcorn lung as it's commonly known as that was a problem. You know, and uh, I think that got regulated out. But still, as you said, we we got rid of having kids smoke like that used to be a thing back in the day. Now it's they're smoking e-cigarettes and there's no research on it. We have no information, no data, no long term studies. We don't know what the effects of it are. Uh, we we know the direct effects, you know, the, the, the lipoid pneumonia is an example, uh, but not the long term. Personally, I'm not for smoking at all. I've had family members pass away from um, heart conditions and and uh, lung cancer uh, caused by smoking for their entire lives. Uh, so I'm I'm against it personally, uh, I, and for that matter, it, it's like um, it's like an ashtray. They walk around, they constantly smell like an ashtray all the time, and it's just not interested. And yeah, you know, for those of you that are out there that are smoking, you know, that's your choice. But I I, I don't I don't like it. I don't like the smell of it. 
So I'm personally, I'm okay with barring the stuff, but again, from just from a constitutional, you know, legal side of things, I would much rather it be at the state level than the federal level. Cause I don't personally believe that, uh, there's any kind of, I've not heard a good argument placed yet that says, oh no, the federal government has power over this. We've, we've typically just gone with it and said, okay, the, the illicit drugs are banned by the federal government. And we just kind of went along with it because we all agreed, um, those are bad, but there is no constitutional grant or anything on that. And the other issue that I have with barring those kind of things, especially now that it's already in our culture so much, do, do we remember what happened with uh, prohibition? I, I know alcohol was a little bit more popular than e-cigarettes back then, but nonetheless, you're going to create a black market for it and it's just going to get around anyway. Uh, so you should head it off at the pass some other way and not, not do it on a federal level. That's my opinion. How dare you want to turn everything over to the states? You're talking like they have some kind of rights or something. What's wrong with you? You make it sound like they actually have a constitutional amendment that says they can do what they want. Yeah, it's almost like they can do what they want within the bounds of the Constitution. That's that's crazy. It's such it a foreign crazy. thought nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's crazy. It's crazy. How dare you not want top-down government from, well, uh, the guy that lost his training wheels on his bicycle? How, how dare you not want that? <laughs> yeah. It's almost like it's almost like we had a revolution and people died fighting for the right to, you know, make your own decisions in life. It's it's almost like we got rid of that tyrannical government and now we're willfully exchanging it for another tyrannical no, government. Sorry, I, yeah. I just did you know that China is speaking of the, him falling off the bicycle? I mean, everybody's seen that, of course, by now. But um, did you see that China has used that photo that you showed me yesterday of him looking like the the tick or whatever it was when he was on the ground? Uh, they're using that now as a as a piece to mock him and mock the U.S. Yep. No surprise. I when I seen that picture, I was like, uh, for the listener, that's the one where not when he falls off, but he's on the ground and they're helping him up. And he looks like he's like a, a, a turtle on its back or something, you know, trying to get up. Um, I, when I seen that, I was like, that is going to be meme gold around the world. They're going to use that for propaganda. They're going to use that for memes. That's going to go everywhere. And yeah, that's exactly that's how they're going to view America. And you know and what? That's, that's not too far off right now. No, America isn't is. doing too hot. No, no, we're not doing too well at all. Um, now, I know that this might shock you. That this might catch you off guard. I know that. I know that you, you're not going to be expecting what I'm about to tell you. Um, did you know that electric car batteries are found to be made by forced labor in China? No, that that's a crazy I thought. I never I would have guessed that. I know. I know. It's it's really shocking. It's really shocking. I mean, that's a, that's an astounding revelation to come across, isn't it? Uh, it's just it, it's I never would have guessed. I mean, I with the with the Uyghurs and 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 the you know the the information we knew about the what was it Foxcom uh, and their um, nets that they have around their buildings so you can't commit suicide and the I never would have guessed that the battery industry was in involved as well. No, yeah, also had no. shoe companies. Mm -hmm. uh, never would guessed yeah. that. Now I know that this again this might shock you considering where it's coming from. Uh, it's coming from a province called uh, Xinjiang. Uh, and it's, you know, just just so happens to be, um, well, it just so happens to be the, the same province where the Uyghur Muslims are held in uh, forced labor camps. Uh, according to The New York Times, uh, while China produces 75 percent of the world's lithium ion batteries, much of the raw materials mined elsewhere, like Afghanistan, just saying, 
You think the pullout of Afghanistan was an accident? You think the disaster, let me restate that. You think the disaster of Afghanistan was an accident? No, I don't think so. In recent years, the Chinese government- Real quick, be- real quick, before we get off Afghanistan, didn't they just arrest like a Taliban official or something like that? Like a, one of the heads of Taliban? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's either that or, I mean, we, we blow up an, an aid worker that's going out to get water for his family, you know, from a drone strike. But it was a credible I, strike. It was a credible source. It was credible information we had there. I, I thought the Taliban were reformed and they were business like and professional. Yes. Business like and professional. That's right. They also say that in order to compete with other countries, now, in order to compete, I see, because they can't compete, of course, you see, they're looking to take control of the entire supply chain. China has ramped up production in the Western province, uh, province of Xinjiang, which is strangely enough, it's the home to the Uyghur Muslim population. I, I don't know. It's just odd. Uh, they reported that companies such as Xinjiang Non-Ferrous Metal Industry Group have partnered with the Chinese government, all companies in China are partnered with the Chinese Communist Party. That's the law. That's what they have to do. If you want to operate as a big business over there as a conglomerate, you have to take members of the CCP onto your board. That's just the way that it is. They've partnered with the Chinese government to move hundreds of Uyghurs from the south of the industrialized north, where they were put to work in the mines, smelters, and factories producing lithium, nickel, manganese, beryllium, copper, and gold. Hmm. Never would have guessed all that. I mean, that's... Huh. Uh, while the companies deny that there's any workers that are mistreated, of course not. No, no, they're taken very well care of, of course. Uh, reports show that Uyghurs are subject to what could easily be deemed as forced labor. Huh. Again, that's another shocking revelation. I never would have guessed that. Uyghurs who refuse to work in accordance with the Chinese government policies are often sent to internment camps. And in May... It was revealed that many of those camps have a shoot-to-kill policy for those who attempt to escape. Boy, real tolerant, isn't it? Thus, the official claim that all employment is voluntary. Yeah, see? All, all employment is voluntary. See, you're voluntarily there. Of course. Of course, comrade. That, that's what it is. Clearly, We're not seeing this clearly, is all that this is. We're, we're just not seeing this clearly. In addition to forced labor, Uyghurs are also subject to re-education, wherein government-appointed teachers attempt to create loyal subjects to the nation and communist regime. On June 21st, a new law will go into effect in the United States called the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. According to NPR, it gives the U.S. authority to seize goods produced in Xinjiang unless companies can prove they did not engage in forced labor practices. How are we going to verify that? Are we going to go there? Are we going to say, hey, we, uh, we want to get into those, uh, uh, those mines and those camps you got over there? Is that going to be possible? I'll answer that right away. And the answer is no. Do you know how they verify the quality of pharmaceutical drugs coming out of China? By the way, they run, uh, what is it, like 98% of the active pharmaceutical ingredients in China, the chemicals. So we're dependent on China for pharmaceutical drugs. Do you want to know how they verify that? They don't go there, the FDA. They don't go there. Do you know why they don't go there? Because they're not allowed. They have to have virtual visits and trust that everything is okay. That's how they're able to approve pharmaceutical drugs coming out of China that you ingest. So yeah, we're going to go over there and we're going to verify. Yeah, sure. Right. So basically, if you're a company that produces something that's imported, whether from China or not, and you don't agree with ESG standards, well, I'm sorry, we're just going to have to investigate your organization, your company, because uh, you're not following the, the correct standard. I can't see that being used maliciously at all. 
No, not at all. And of course, you know that the lithium battery deal, this goes along with with the economy stuff we talked about a few days ago, how they're they're transitioning everybody to this <clears throat> green economy, the the wind and solar and all the rest of it. You need to have the electric or you need to have the batteries, the lithium batteries for the electric cars, right? That's what they're making there. Of course, that's what they're making. Their whole Belt and Road Initiative, the whole thing with Afghanistan, there's a trillion dollars worth of lithium sitting in Afghanistan that is waiting to be mined. And where do you think every ounce of that is going to go? It's going to go to Xinjiang. It's going to be manufactured and refined there. And it's going to be put in cars to be sold here to grids that won't support it. But yet we have to listen to Biden's energy secretary, because clearly, clearly the only way out of this is to go green. That's the only way out of this. Listen. The real truth is that uh, as long as our nation remains overly reliant on oil and fossil fuels, we'll feel these price shocks again. This is not going to be the last time. The next time there's a war, the next time there's a pandemic or another hurricane, these extreme weather events we are experiencing, they will impact the access that we have to fossil fuels. The only way out of these boom and bust cycles is to break that sole reliance, and that means diversifying our fuel sources by deploying clean energy. And And buying from China. Where do you think it's all going to come from? Coal and natural gas. That is a good uh, deterrent from that because you can get it all uh, from home. Who's who's spinning up coal burners right now? Who's taking coal burners (laughs) out of mothballs? It's Germany and the United States because they're starting to learn. They're just now starting to get it through their thick heads that, hey, wait a minute, um, our natural gas supplies are dwindling here. We're going to have to do something because our people are going to come out of their houses and they're going to kill us. It wasn't. It didn't uh, Austria and was it Switzerland was uh, joining that uh, ginning up the, the coal power plants again? I think Something so. Like yeah. that. I know Austria yeah. was one of it. I don't remember if it was Switzerland as well. No, but they got a lot of nuclear down there. I, I was going to say, you know, that would that this is a, more of an argument to go nuclear. But the problem is then it still requires a heavily regulated resource. Uh, uranium is very difficult to get a hold of um, or get the legal rights to to have the hold of or mine for. It's a very heavily regulated because you can make nuclear weapons out of it. So even if we were to go nuclear and and actually go a direction that would be beneficial to the human race and did actually try to get away from uh, petrochemicals, uh, it, it's still you're going to run into the same issue. You're going to have government breathing down your neck because the federal government is bloated and it's wielding too much power. Again, they have no authority over dictating whether you can or cannot mine for uranium. They can't tell you you can or can't have a nuclear power plant. That's something that's also out of their uh, jurisdiction. That Again, that, that falls on the state. Um, so if, if a state says that, yeah, you can do it, well, technically the federal government, what are you going to do about it? So... That's what I would like to see happen is more nuclear plants pop up that would uh, then make you less reliant upon uh, China for batteries, for uh, wind and solar, because, you know, a lot of that stuff is made over there, shipped over, and it would make you less reliant on petrochemicals, though you would still be reliant because we haven't come up with a solution for plastics, uh, as an example. Uh, or rubbers. We haven't had an alternative pop up. Uh, actually, we have. We just don't have it mass producing yet. Until that happens, we won't really be able to get away from petrochemicals. But if you look at the benefits that petrochemicals have for the human race, uh, look at look at back in the day when, uh, for example, the colonists in the beginning, uh, they died from uh, 
cold temperatures, right? They, they had harsh winters that were a lot of them died. And then you had, uh, on the medical side of things, you had people like, you know, uh, mothers dying in birth or the child dying or, you know, or dying of disease. You know, petrochemicals have curved that completely. If you get rid of petrochemicals and you, you, you start doing this, this BS that they're wanting to do with uh, the Green New Deal and, and, and getting rid of all of that, you're going back to an era when medical, you're not going to be able to have the proper medical uh, devices. You're not going to be able to have all the, the like air conditioning, heating, those kind of things, um, the, the various types of materials that you have in your house that help keep it uh, insulated. I mean, none of that, let alone electricity. And what are, we, what, are we, what are you supposed to do? What are you going to do about it? I mean, our the government's going to tell you to do that. <laughs> our civilization would literally cease, as in like it would stop. Like they would yeah. put the brakes on everything. I, I remember, I, and I've mentioned this before, I remember, I want to say like uh, eight years ago, Google launched a project to look into changing, as in flipping everything from petrochemicals into wind and solar and, and clean energy sources. They actually launched a, a thing into this, a big investigation. Google did this and they spent, uh, it was like, they were going to set off on a five-year venture to explore it. And I think they started in 2011, I think is what it was, because we started seeing this Green New Deal garbage and, uh, and everything around 2010 because Al Gore said, we've got three years left and the ice caps will be melted and we're all going to be burned to a crisp and all the rest of it. And it never happened. So Google launched an initiative to, to explore this and what it would take. After two years of a five-year venture, they had to abandon it. Why did they abandon it? Because they said, it's just not possible. It's not possible. Why isn't it possible? Because our entire civilization, our entire human civilization. I'm not talking about one nation here. I'm talking about every human being on this planet. Everything would change. Everything would have to change. And that includes the mindset of people, which is what these people are trying to do. The problem is, is it is being directed at the wrong people. You're directing all this green energy garbage at us. We're not the ones that are the biggest polluters in the world. Why aren't you talking about China? Why aren't you talking about India? Why aren't you talking about a lot of these South American or African countries that haven't cleaned up their act? Why aren't you lecturing those people that are having 8, 9, 10, 12, 15 kids? We're being lectured if we have one. So our entire civilization would have to change. If you do exactly what these people want, understand what happens. There is no delivery services. There's no food. There's no waste and sanitation services. There's no running water. There's no electricity. There's no heating and cooling. There's no building of new homes. There's nothing. It's pre-horse and buggy. That's what it is. I, and I, I hate to even go there, but that's what they'll say because, oh no, you can't even have you can't even have an animal because it produces CO2. That everything that they've classified as a uh, as a uh, as a pollutant that is an essential gas for life. They're talking about in New Zealand that they're going to make cow and sheep burps illegal. What? With that horse face, okay, there we go. Horse face dictator Ardern. Does that mean that when she speaks, it's now illegal? I'm just asking. So that's the road that we're going to go down. Google abandoned that. You know how much of a fan I am of Google. They abandoned that. That right there should tell you all you need to know. As soon as I saw that report that they put out, I think it was in 2015, I saw the finalized report that they put out. And I said, all this is crackpot nonsense. All of it. It's all insane. These people have lost their minds. And what have they done? They've doubled down and doubled down and doubled down and doubled down again like a degenerate gambler, and they're not going to quit. They're committed to this cult. 
That's what it is. This is a cult. Make no mistake about that. This is a cult. This climate cult Greta Thunberg nonsense. That's all this is. Now, how do you get yourself away from these sick cultists? We're working on that. But there's no way to do this. No way possible. You can't get out of this by simply abandoning the underpinnings of our civilization. You can't say, we're going to get rid of something and transition into this new thing, but, uh, you know, it's just not quite there yet. That's not how you do things. You have something as good or better than what you're currently using so you can progress to the next step. We don't have that. We're not there yet. Actually, I think we're getting there. And we're so close to getting there, actually, that they're trying to stop it. They want to steer it in another direction. Graphene and hydrogen is our future. They want to take us to wind and solar. They want to take us back 50 years. That's not the future. Wind and solar. That's the past. I'm not saying it doesn't work on an individual basis. Believe me, I know it does. But as an energy alternative replacement for the masses? Uh Uh-uh. No. Complete failure. Buy complete failures. There's a a slight caveat, I think, if I remember right, with hydrogen. I think one of the catalysts they use for that, uh, for the reaction, is cobalt. Um, Which, if that's the case, cobalt is also used in, uh, like, uh, catalytic converters. Um, Very rare. It it is. Yeah, it's a a rare mineral. In space, and at least have robotic mining on asteroids. There are plenty of asteroids out there with immense amounts of gold, platinum, cobalt, all the stuff that we use. We, we we could we could be mining it and bringing it back here and and advancing ourselves and uh, uh, you know curbing all this pollution and everything that that we have we we have the means to push ourselves forward into a greener society the problem is is we're we're as you said we're being barred from doing that we're we're being restricted they want to put us back into it's not that they I don't necessarily think they want to go full bore into like early 1800s, 1700s. I don't know that they want to go full bore into that because they want their own lifestyles. They they still want to have their fancy lifestyles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and they'll they'll allow you to partake in parts of it as long as you follow the rules, as long as you do what they say. But if you don't, you don't get any benefits. So they, they just want to heavily restrict who can and who can't. And again, I've harped on this before, and this is just, this infuriates me. The green agenda keeps telling us we should uh, get away from doing these, you know, coal, petrochemicals, all of that. So what what happens? All the manufacturing, all the the production gets sent overseas. We start buying oil from overseas where they don't have the same kind of regulations we do in manufacturing, and they cause more pollution than it would here. Yeah, okay, it would make the product more expensive, but it, it would also make it cleaner. I would I would rather if you're going to go for a green agenda, I'm okay paying a little bit more uh, for a product that is cleaner to produce. It, it you're as long as you're making a product and continuing to try to advance us in the right direction, not in this BS that's not going to work. That's going to make it even more destructive. As we said, it, it, <laughs> there's an agenda. I I forget the 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 scientific name or the literal name of it, but it's basically where. Products are designed to basically last till the warranty. And then once the warranty's up, they're designed to fail after that so that you have to go in and buy a new product. This isn't conspiratorial. This isn't, you know, this is a literal system they use. By going to wind and solar, batteries only last so long. Lithium, because it's lithium-based, as you recharge the battery, the lithium starts cracking in the battery. And over time, it stores less energy and less energy until finally it's just, it's more efficient to go and buy a new battery, to go and get a new one. That's the problem. 
Same with solar panels. They only last so long. So they're going to keep making you buy products. They want to force you to buy a product that you're going to have to keep renewing and keep buying over. Whereas if you had a nuclear power plant, 80, 100 years, those things will last. I mean, those things last a long time. And the fuel in there will last the lifetime of the facility. Why are we not going that direction? Yeah, it might be more expensive to build, uh, but it, it provides a much cleaner and safer energy. There's less deaths and injuries per kilowatt from nuclear power than there is any other power source that we can create right now. They've made people afraid of it. That's the problem, is people are afraid of it. There, yeah. There's I not... Know I know people that build them. I do. I, I know people that build them. I've spoken to them personally. And they say they're as safe as you can possibly be. I mean, they're, they're in there building it. And they say that it's safer than anything else. These are the same people that build coal fire plants, you know, co coal burners. They, they build natural gas burners. And they say that the nuclear plants that they build are safer than those. Yeah, let's let's say there's a with these new systems that we have, the new nuclear plants, let's say there is a meltdown and you have to shut down the reactor. You know what happens to those reactors nowadays? There's not some big explosion like Chernobyl and you've irradiated. It literally falls into like a bathtub. Yeah, that was a different it. kind of reactor. That, that was a different kind of reactor. As a matter of fact, yeah. uh, there's only a few of those reactors that are still left in service and they are all in Russia. Uh, and the Russians were really the only ones that were using those reactors anyway. We weren't using them because we, were, yeah. we knew that they were too dangerous. So we didn't use them, uh, which yeah, I can only a, imagine a, with Gates, with his new whatever, his molten sodium, reactor, sodium whatever it is. Yeah. It, like you've got people now that are set, you got scientists, nuclear scientists are saying this is just too damn dangerous. You don't need to be doing this. And this yeah. is this is what he wants to do. But uh, we're at time. But I want to end on this clip. This is a clip that came yesterday. This is Edward Dowd, the former uh, executive at BlackRock. This guy, this guy is confirming in 30 seconds exactly what we had suspected. Your pension funds, your retirement, your 401k, your IRA, whatever you call it, your social security money, your pensions, the United States, the Western world understand your pensions are gone. They stole it from you. What do you think all this is about? This whole transition, everything that they're trying to do. Oh, we got to move to this. We got all this hyperinflation. We're going to have to replace it with the digital currency. They stole your future is what they did. If you understood that, if people understood that, and I'm talking about the idiots that are still wearing the N95 masks in the supermarkets and, and out there driving to cars by themselves. If they knew that their pensions were stolen, do you think they'd give a damn about that stupid piece of cloth they got on their face? I don't think so. Bottom line is this. Um, it'll be there'll be no cash. Um, you'll have a bank account, but um, everything will be monitored because the, the way once they reset the system, it'll collapse all the other current less monitored systems and there'll be one central system. And when they do that, then they can tie it to everything. They can tie it to a social credit score. And the agenda is they're bankrupt. They're all bankrupt and they need a system of control before everybody realizes the pensions are gone. That's, that's just everything's going to collapse. Uh, slowly over the next, it can happen faster, slowly over the next six to 18 months. These institutions, all of these institutions, as we said from back in 2008, they should have gone bust. That organization that's down there surrounding Klaus Schwab like he's some kind of Bond villain, those people shouldn't be there. None of that should exist. All of those people are bankrupt. They're not enlightened builders and architects of the future. We are. We the people, we're the builders, we're the architects of the future, not them. They're bankrupt failures. They stole everything that they've acquired. They've stolen it over the last 10 years. They've spent time consolidating and centralizing. And now they're going to vertically integrate everything and they're going to cut everybody else out. Yeah, I don't have anything more to add to that. Um, I Honestly, that 
just let that stand. Uh, having an expert in the financial world confirming everything we say, I think. Yep. I think that's uh, that's it. All right, we got Marty tomorrow. So for those of you who would like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up? You know someone you're trying to get to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Bruce, thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening. Bye.